Welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by the owl, Louis McCaffrey. <laughs> is that sticking? Is that a thing now? Oh, I was <coughs> I was debating whether to uh, go continue with it. but The housewives are no longer interested, so now I'm the, the owl. The, the, the owl housewives are very interested. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, and uh, the freight train, Kieran Haran. Good evening. Good evening. Um, it's been a tumultuous week, which is a word I'm using, which I think is quite good. Um, highs and lows. Um, so we are going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the highs and lows. But firstly, how are you, Louis? Hungover. Hungover. I'm also see, see a Celtic playing well is bad for your health. It's really, I feel Jesus. terrible, frankly. Um, I, was, I was fine like the majority of the day, but see on the way home from work, oh God. I think the issue is too many games on a Sunday. Exactly. I'll do it be fine because you'd have a day's rest. Yeah, very true. Um, he, he's a, he's a, he's a prophet. A prophet of of information is Kieran. Um, modern day Jesus. Yeah. Um. I actually, I'm really struggling. I'll be honest. <laughs> you, well, you're going to hear it in the voice. Well, I'm but, fine and dandy because I'm a smart man. I know my limits. I know where not to have too much. Me, yeah. me and Kieran go to the gym every Monday. Um, we kid ourselves on a wee bit, but. I went to the gym tonight yourself? and I couldn't even do anything. So <laughs> I stood in the Basically watched Kieran work out for an hour. Um, that's how hungover I was. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah. There, we're seeing a different side of uh, the owl. Um, with, uh, yeah, you, you got to your fifth beer last night and uh, you were like, nope, that's five. Thanks very much. I'll be, I'll yes. be done at five. So I've got to go to work next year. I know my limits. Hey, Matt, you know, I'm not going to criticise you for knowing your limits. Clearly with that um, jacket and um, that hat, you clearly know your limits in terms of getting lassies. So... <laughs> Moving on, go on, go on. I'm not joking. Right, so let's start at the football because we were like fucking fast forward in this. So we're going to talk about the Barcelona game, but we're going to talk about the League Cup final first because I think it's, it's you know, we've talked about it since the start of the season. It's probably the most important to get the first trophy under your belt. It's probably the most important. Um, then we're going to maybe look ahead to Motherwell because we do have some slight injury concerns in terms of um, some of our star players. Well, at least one of them anyway. Um and obviously that was brought into consideration yesterday with how we set up. Um, but firstly, let's just start with uh, the game itself. It finished 3-0 to Celtic. 
um, with a frankly fantastic and dominant display. But Kieran, I'll let you kick in with your kind of initial thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean that first forty-five minutes, I've not seen us dominate Aberdeen like that for a good number of years. Um, although we didn't create a lot of chances, we did kind of con- control the tempo of the game. We had all the possession. Um, we kept we kept Aberdeen at, back, at bay. We kept them back. Um, I mean, there wasn't too there wasn't too many chances, um, but uh, Rodic I thought was fantastic in in the midfield as usual as he always does. He can have he can receive the ball. He's strong. He holds players off. His footwork as well at times getting at times gets him out of a kind of um, sticky situation sometimes where he's kind of kind of be um, doubled up and still has absolutely the way moving the ball. Um, his finish was fantastic, so it was. Um, Forrest as well. I felt Forrest was quite quiet for the first half up until his goal. I, I thought not not a lot of the ball went down his side. It seemed to kind of more go through the middle or to the right-hand side. Um, but the goals seemed to just kind of uh, give him a hold of confidence because after that, he started being in the game more. Um, he also won the penalty as well um, and ultimately got the man of the match. So um, it was just that kind of wee bit of confidence boost that gave him. Um I thought his goal was fantastic. Um, the, the one thing that Aberdeen would probably look upon is the fact of somebody should have been pressing him quicker because he receives the ball almost at the halfway line, turns with it and drives forward. And by the time he gets to the edge of the box, no one's put any pressure on him. Um, and he's been able to get get to the box and have the shot. And the great thing I liked as well, from what I could see the whole time, he didn't once look up at the goal. He knew he kind of knew where he was and where the goal was. It was just a, it was just a case of getting a strike on goal. Um, which I think is um, the kind of mark of you know a talented young guy because frankly he knows where the goal is and I think maybe you're maybe underplaying the step over because the step over and the drop of the shoulder that I think one of the defenders thinks he's maybe going to go to the to the right hand side but the wee step over and the drop inside you know I I, I completely agree with what you're saying and we'll get to the to Aberdeen's bad performance uh, Louis your your thoughts um, first final we've won since well for Dylas first season. Yeah, no, d- great day. I, w- I was, um, I was a little nervous going into it. I'll, I'll be honest, yeah. just because um, I don't know if, if maybe I bought, I actually bought into the the Aberdeen hype myself. Um, there was a lot of talk. Derek McInnes done a lot of talk about how the gap isn't as as big as what people uh, think, and and I'd, off the back of the result with Barcelona, quick turnaround, obviously. It's a cup final, and and there is an element. I, I, well, let's face it, all the pressure was really on Celtic, um, because we have been playing so well, and it, it being F- Brendan Rodgers' first chance to get get a trophy, you worry. God, what if what if we don't turn up? But what if we have one of those performances that we haven't? We to be fair to us, we haven't seen under Brendan Rodgers. But you always worry that things when things are going so well that you know. Yeah. I mean, this could be the game. Re- recent history, uh, Hamden as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but pleasantly surprised by the way we really did dominate. Uh, Aberdeen, I thought they absolutely bottled it. Um, they they didn't. They totally failed to turn up, and uh, you know the whole staring down of the huddle thing. I thought was quite funny, and then they ended up their their performance is utterly, you know, D- devoid of any any real quality. But focusing on us, I thought I thought to a man, everybody looked really up for it. I thought we we, we really kind of took the game to them. As Kieran was saying, we maybe didn't create the wealth of chances that we have in, in games this season. But 
it just looked like we were totally dominant, but I, f- I still feel as if we maybe had a gear or two to go up yeah. if, if we had to, but we didn't need to, and, and that was the thing. It, it was almost out of Aberdeen. Exactly, fact. exactly. Yeah. And you would hope for it. I mean, I think we would all hoped for a, a, a better performance from them, just so, so it was a better game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're, you're making good points. What, what I would highlight, and this is something maybe we hadn't really thought about overall, because of how well we dominated from open play, we still looked susceptible to set pieces. There was the one with uh, in the first half. That was Constantine's header. He was not. He was not tracked. He didn't even have to jump for the ball. A free header. Free, yeah, a free header. But the fact that no even no one was near him, no one jumped with him at all, and he still managed to not. Yeah. Get with it. So I mean, let's say for example, we're we're talking and you know scenarios that haven't happened, but um, let's say that goes in. You know that goes in, and it's it's one each. You know, it was a completely different game. Do you think, I mean, the game would have turned, obviously, on that and it would have been completely different. What I found embarrassing from an Aberdeen perspective was the performance in the first 15 to 20 minutes when Celtic just had possession. At one point, I think it was like 84% possession Celtic had and um, Aberdeen didn't presses. They didn't put any pressure on the ball or the man. There was no tackles. There was no snipey tackles. There was no attempts to get the ball. There was no attempts to push up the pitch. They let Celtic play. And I think Celtic, in a a lot of ways, a lot of those players would have been quite surprised. Um, You come out, you're ready to go. um, You want to really make a message. You're expecting a battle. And you come out and you've got 81% possession in the first 15 minutes. I think it might have thrown Celtic off a little bit. And the the thing is... The other teams have have shown it. Kilmarnock showed it when we were we were at the Kilmarnock game uh, just what, last week. If you pressure Celtic and you go after them and you make it a battle, that's how you get to us. Not sitting back going, you know, if they don't score in the first twenty minutes, they'll start getting frustrated, and then we'll have our best. Op- no, that's 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 not right. You need to go at a team. If, I mean. <laughs> It's pretty clear that we have still got some way to go. Brendan Rodgers is still adamant that you know he still wants to see other things from the team. We are pretty much in a, a, I mean, we're still in a very early stage of the way we play and the ideas that we have. You've got to try and upset that and don't let Celtic do what they want to do. And yet Aberdeen just, for me, the tactics, they just got them totally wrong. Um, <clears throat> Matt Rain, uh, at the boy Matt, um uh, tweets all the time. I think he's going to be contributing to the new website when it's up and running. Um, he asks, and this is obviously similar to what you've just raised. After Kelly had success passing Celt- uh, pressing Celtic, why didn't McInnes and Aberdeen try this in the cup final? Why didn't they try, Kieran? I don't really know. To be honest, I actually now I'm thinking. I think they concentrated on trying to stifle us offensively because they had obviously Jack and Shinny in midfield. And yes. I think the two of them were in there to combat uh, Rodic. Because obviously, from what I remember in the Parkhead game, Rodgers, for the first 20 minutes, half an hour, was running a mock with Aberdeen. And I remember Aberdeen were playing a back three at that time, and they actually had to change and go into a back four and put somebody else in midfield because Rodgers was just... He was finding space everywhere and just no one was able to track him up. Um, I think as well that the high-pressing f- failed because I think McLean was far too deep. McLean was obviously almost their number 10, and he wasn't really far up. He wasn't in... like. 
in amongst Brown or in amongst the centre-halves. He was kind of quite deep, and I think that's why, obviously, our defence weren't really pressured and they were able to just pass the ball. Now, we've seen ourselves with, between sometimes the defenders and the, the kind of deeper line midfielders. If you pressure them, they will make mistakes. It's something that you can't quite deal with the kind of really in-your-face pressure. We've seen it at Kamalak, the amount of times Armstrong and Brown kept making mistakes, kept making poor passes, and that was all down to them just being not giving them time on the ball and just, just getting in their faces. But Whereas Aberdeen weren't doing that, which, why, which was because we had such ease with the possession of the ball, more so at the back. Yeah, but then that's that's the same, I suppose, with any football player. Any player that's got someone running at them and they've got less time to to make their decision. That's that's how you put them off. Yeah. But to to focus on on Celtic and what we done well, I thought we, I, I think we played some nice football at times. I just don't think that it was maybe the the best. I, I wouldn't say it was the best that we've played, but I, I thought there was some really good performances in there. I thought Big Yozo at the back. He's just getting better and better. Big Eric as well. Eric and as Eric well. Is yeah, really solid now. I'm really kind of. And is he? Rain it in, Kieran. <laughs> is he new deal? Yeah, I mean, he, here's the thing. Uh, we'll talk about the defense. You know, we kind of break it up a little bit. But I thought, um, you know, we've been critics, um, harsh critics at times of Izagiri, and again, come back and say rightly so at times because you know, as Izagiri went through a period of. Just not playing very well. A lot of that was based on the fact that he didn't have any competition. As soon as he got competition, he was out of the team. Um, but, Kieran, you, you highlighted uh, the cross um, yeah, he put in. For Dembele's header, was Something we don't see from him for, for often enough. enough. Yeah. We need to see more of that. I think as well, I think it was his, defen- his defensive display was pretty good. I think he was getting back a lot more. Um, and I think he was helping out defence and not getting too exposed often that he can be at times where he can have bombs forward too much. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was something through the fact Sinclair wasn't there because when Sinclair plays, he cuts in an awful lot, so it exposes him. Whereas when it was with Forrest, Forrest did stay a bit more. Forrest still cut in, but he would cut in with the ball, whereas Sinclair cuts in without the ball and wants the ball played into him. Whereas Forrest receives the ball out wide, out wide and then will drive at the defence. Yeah, I mean, slightly different. I mean, I highlighted this yesterday. We saw it maybe, and we're going to talk about this guy now. Um, so, from an obvious point of view, four or five times, Robert's tracking back. Robert's really making an effort to track back. And it's something he needs to do because the fact is, for, James Forrest made two interceptions yesterday, again, that were um, goal-saving tackles. Um, and it was really, really good. I mean, this whole game has just developed. And again, we wanted rid of him. Again, with, with on the basis of evidence of the last three or four years, we're sticking by our statements. But more than happy that people have turned things around. You, Louis, have been quite critical of Roberts. I know you have as well, Kieran, but you, you have been quite critical. I think it might be because of the... the the romance he's got with um, KT, yeah, it's been hard. Yeah, the fact that you called him KT as well. <laughs> You're on the nickname yeah. basis, is basically. Um, Roberts' performance and improvements, because we've got a question or two. But performance of Roberts. Well, I thought, I thought him coming into the team obviously was it was the move. If you're going to lose Sinclair, you need someone of of quality out, out in the wide areas. So it, it was. It was good to see him start. It's, it's who I would have started. Um, interesting that GMS is on the bench, which we actually spoke about uh, going to Kilmarnock. That because I, th- I, I thought you know with Sinclair, if, if Sinclair was out, that would be 
his opportunity. Um, obviously, he didn't get on, but it'll be interesting to see if he features. Um, Games are going to be coming fast. Yep. Yep. Um, but, I mean, you've got Paddy Roberts and James Forrest both playing out wide, same game. And for me, Forrest was far more effective, effective than, than Roberts. Roberts, don't get me wrong, me and Samani have a wee joke about it and all that. He is he is fantastically talented, but for me personally, if, if he leaves us at the end of the season, which he's, it looks like he's going to do, will I really miss him? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Because he's undoubtedly got talent, but I think... I don't know if it's other players have to a degree sussed him out or it's because they've just got more people marking him now, but I just don't think he's as effective. Do you think that's got to do with his lack of pace? And the way we play, we play quite, we break quite quickly. Yeah. And a lot of our game is based on uh, counter-attacking with pace at times, um, especially in Europe. Do you think that lack of pace is maybe going to hold him back? I'm not. I'm not even talking about Celtic. I'm talking about at the very, very top level. I, I, I think so. I think it might. It, it could be the thing that holds him back. In in that position, possibly. Okay. It's 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 a kind of difficult one because obviously his whole game is based around skinning people. Right. So he needs to be in a one v one situation, and really to to get that you have to be out wide. But then, as you say, he's not going to pace. For me, I I wouldn't put him in that team. Over Forrest because because of the pace and and the fact that Forrest gives you the ability to get back and track back and as you say he made a couple of interceptions yesterday, but for me, I, I don't know. Roberts is just is he I, think, is he, I think strength is an issue as well. I don't think he's strong enough yeah. to actually kind of yeah. combat with players. He's still, I mean, what he's nineteen, yeah, nineteen. So yeah. he's, I mean, he's got plenty of time. He's not going to be the finished article, of yeah. course, but. I think you have a look at the impact he is having and you have a, a look at the impact someone like Dembele is having who are there's not much between them in terms of age and, you, you know, think, you different think, positions but in terms of what they are bringing to the first team right now. I want to, I want, I want to stick with uh, Roberts for just one second but remember to highlight, I, want, I need to highlight Dembele's recent form domestically because I didn't think he was that impressive yesterday. Um, no. I thought his attitude was maybe, and I don't mean attitude like it was a negative attitude. It was quite a, um, the word I'm not looking, he, he had a certain amount of relaxed, he looked very relaxed as opposed to determined. When he's determined against Man City and against the, the Champions League teams, he looks a player. Sometimes when he, you know, Kamarnik away, Aberdeen in the cup final, he's a bit more laid back in terms of maybe not as aggressive as we'd like him to be. But we'll get to that. We will get to that. But the point I'll make about Roberts, uh, both like both of your kind of thoughts on that. See where Madison plays for Aberdeen, mm-hmm. right? Which is pretty much where Rogic plays for Celtic, right? Um, is that where Roberts should play? If He's obviously not going to get Rogic out of the team because Rogic is one of our most technically gifted and on-form players at this point. But... If, for example, let's just say there's a red card, Forrest, um, Roger gets sent off in the next game and he's out, he's going to miss two games automatically and we've got Sinclair out, would you be tempted to play Roberts as a number 10 and let him just, you know... Because, let's be honest, Roger doesn't do a hell of a lot of tracking back, does he? I mean, you could always give him for one game to see how, how he can cope with it. Um, I'd, I'd imagine 
it's maybe more suited to Armstrong at times. I think Armstrong's kind of runs a lot better. Um, I think he gets involved more. Maybe his creative skills aren't as good as what Roberts was. But with Roberts, a lot of times, it's not so much the creative, like creating chances for other team, other players. It's more the chances he creates himself. A lot of time, it's just him dribbling, cutting and shooting. Um, and sometimes he takes too many. I think it happened again, again yesterday where he caught in. And he, as I said, he had, a, he had a, ch- a better chance of shooting straight away, but then he tried to take more touches and then he just get bogged in. That's the problem I think he's got over the last few games is when he cuts in, he cuts in and gets crowded out. And see, by that point, there's nowhere else for him to go. He's going to have to play, he's going to have to lay it off to somebody or kind of go back out. So I think. I don't know. It's quite it's quite hard just now for him. He's he's, he, he's he's too slow in what he what he tries to do. I think he he gives it. It's not the the man that he's trying to beat that he that he gives an advantage to. He gives an advantage to the the, the other guys that are behind the guy he's trying to beat to catch because up you know the the run that that Roberts makes is almost the same run every time. It's across the goal across across the box, and he tries to unleash one, but a lot of the time. He has to wait until he sees where the defender is putting his weight, what side he's putting his weight on, and then he goes the other way. But it might take him three, four seconds to see that, for wait, wait for his exact opportunity, and then he moves, and he does beat him. But as you say, he's ended up getting crowded out because everybody else behind has obviously then moved in themselves. So I think he's got to be more... Quick and decisive when when he's trying to beat the first man initially to create some yeah. space. But as we said at Kilmarnock, the one thing that he's fantastic at is is seeing space and using it. Yeah. See, before I, let me just jump in, Karen, for a second. Um, I, what I've noticed is, and it's something, and it reminds me of a player who I watched. Uh, you know, when I was first going to Parkhead, um, he sometimes he kills the ball dead. Like he'd be running with the ball, and then he'd kill the ball dead. And he'll take the defender, and he'll stop right in front of the defender, and that's when he'll do look, do the drop of the shoulder, and it gets quite frustrating because, as you say, the you know the defenders or the winger can kind of catch up and then crowd him out. It's Paulo Di Canio. That's what Paulo Di Canio used to do at Parkhead all the time, where he would drop the kill the ball dead, wait to take the player on, he'd beat him, and then he'd beat him again, and then by the third time you're like, well, there's no chance of getting the ball back in because everyone's you know dropped back. Comparing Roberts to Di Canio is obviously a compliment as much as it is a frustrating negative um, in terms of how Di Canio played at Parkhead. But, um, yeah, I, I, we're not going to see the best of Patrick Roberts. I think also the issue we have is I think he's now trying far too much to impress because he wants to get back in the team. And sometimes that kind of maybe ruins your kind of decision-making yeah. because you're really rushing to things. But, Lee, see Lee Griffiths. Obviously, the fact of we've seen a bit more yesterday of him tracking back and helping out. I think, I think he's then, I think he's seen Forrest's performance and he's thought, I kind of need to almost match that because Forrest is very good at getting back. We've seen obviously the two kind yeah. of interceptions. Um, but I think he needs to see that if I need to get Forrest out, I also need to show myself coming back and helping out the team defend as well. So he's, I think he's trying to adapt that bit more to his game as well. Which the right thing to do because you, you you want to be a team player and you also want to be able to kind of help defensively out as well. So I think he's just trying. To, I think he's just trying far too much now to try and push Rogers to make a decision to put him in, but it's ultimately not working to his game because he's not. He's making maybe not making errors, but he's not 
influence in the game is basically good. Basically good. Um, Derek at the boy Moz, always uh, always a tweeter. Um, was yesterday a big opportunity miss for Paddy Roberts to stake a starting claim, especially given how well Forrest played? You think he's going to get more opportunities? Just with well, Sinclair. always Sinclair injured. Yeah. Well, that, do you know that's that's one thing I was thinking. Fair enough, Sinclair's injured just now, but you know, this season for us now is all about Scottish Cup in the league because we're out of, out of Europe, so we've got two competitions to play in. But Rogers has already said, and, and obviously he's right to do so, is that we need to start preparing for the qualifying campaign for Europe next next, next year. year. Yeah. If you take Sinclair out because he's injured, okay, you take Roberts out because he's not going to be here, right? We're actually quite light in the wide areas. GMS he doesn't fancy. Callum McGregor can play there. But he's it's not it's not his best position, so he's realistically not going to play out wide. It'll be interesting to see if a wide if he still wants to bring in another wide man, and if he does bring in another wide man in January because he wants to bed these players in. If he does bring one in, do do you do you still give Roberts game time? Because how can you when he's going to leave the? leave the club obviously you pick your best players but if we want to get people ready for next next year Roberts could end up being affected by that well you know at the end of the day as you say we're planning a, a long term plan and if, if Roberts isn't part of that plan you know it's one of those things where you utilise the best part of your squad utilise the you know the cream of the crop in terms of your squad but if you're planning for a long-term strategy, it's one of those things, though, where he is a really entertaining player on his day, and that's what we want to see. But we're not in Europe anymore. Um, I think it's a really hard one, because, frankly, it will. I think it will be defined and decided in January. If we bring in a, one wide player, for even for competition for Forrest, or one wide player in competition for Sinclair, then... Roberts is either going to have to be happy on the bench or he's going to have to show real, real upturn in his form because his form right now is a bit up and down. However, don't forget, up until, obviously, Champions League and the Cup Final, we were playing a back three for one or two games domestically. Now, he might revert back to that for games coming forward in December, Yeah, which ultimately would change the decision of Roberts for me wouldn't be one of the white, white players. However, he would possibly play in the centre, like it was Kamarnock, yeah, with Sinclair and Roberts. They might do it with Rodgers and Roberts, and behind Dembele, because he's. I mean, Dingley's already come out and says after 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 Dembele and Griffiths played together, Rodgers came out and says, "I don't think that'll happen again." I think he's on the lines of he doesn't like the two of them playing together, yeah, as a, as a front two, which doesn't sound good for Griffiths because he's obviously the one that's been kind of getting left out for it. Um, I did like, I mean, like I said previously, the Kamara, I did like that kind of lineup where it was like two, your two centre midfielders, then two behind the striker. That that's enough. That's quite a lot of um, player, like offensive, and they can almost it's like, it's like two number tens. Not which far should, off, which should create a lot more chances. Not far off what John Barnes wanted to play four two two two. That's literally what John mm-hmm. Barnes wanted to play. That was his whole philosophy. And he got laughed out of thingy. And now Brendan Rodgers walks in. And all of a sudden... Well, it's not like a 4 to do. It's a 3, a was, three it, 2 4 one It was just a bit of fun, Keaton. Well, it's just fun. Jesus. 
Um, but we, we, we touched on it earlier um, and we've got the boy Moz with another excellent question given we started the season leaking goals like a sieve um, just how good has our backline become in particular Eric and Jozo and we've got quite a few um, questions regarding uh, Jozo Simunovic Jozo I changed his name within the sentence Celtic Boy 73 uh, Jozo Simunovic looking like a real top prospect surely it would be false economy to entertain Torino's interest, Louis McCaffrey thoughts. Uh, absolutely, it's totally, totally different. This this transfer window, and uh, apparently they're, they're they're still interested and they want them now, which <coughs> is uh, is quite funny. But I I just hope we don't sell them. I remember at the time, I remember saying in the group chat, I, I really don't want them to go. I really don't. I don't think we should sell them. And to be fair, most people's reaction was, but. He might never be good, but we, I mean, we paid a lot of money. We we must have done our research in the first place. We had we had a good player there. It was just, did we have the bottle to to find out and and give him his chance? And thankfully, he's taken it. But I, I hope I, I really do hope that we keep a hold of him because it's it's so important. And do you know what you see? All the plaudits that Virgil van Dijk is getting down in England now. I mean, every day there seems to be other people, people in, in the media coming out and saying he's the best centre-half in the league and he's this and he's that. That shows you what what can happen. And and if you think about it, if you think all, all these big teams, all the, the top four in, in England certainly, uh, or top five, looking at Virgil van Dijk thinking what a good player he is and they're going to have to pay X amount for him now surely they must be thinking why didn't we just snap him up when he was at Celtic and pay a, a lot less money there's people going to be watching Celtic there has to be with the, with the players that we, we've been you know we've, we've been selling recently especially down in England Yozo's best I think the best decision that, that guy can make is to stay with us over the next well, certainly the whole time Brendan Rodgers is here playing the Champions League regularly and I, I guarantee a team, a top four or five team in England, I think they'll come sniffing. See, to be honest, I, I think he will because if you think about it, up until the summer, he said himself he was homesick. I mean, mentally the guy was struggling because he'd just been out for, all, been out for almost a year. Yeah. Hadn't played a couple of injuries that kind of had setbacks. Um, and Torino came in and he's thinking, Do you know what? Why do I'll get out of here, go to another club, start from afresh, uh, and let's see if it kicks on. Now that he's come into the team and Rogers has kind of given them the chances, and he said to him, "Look, you're pretty, I dare say he said to him, you're going to be my my, my, my first two with uh, Eric. I'm going to eat, and the way he talks about how they're, they're kind of easing him back into not quite fitness, but just to the way that his body can cope consistent with, with yeah it's just it's just his body his leg, well, it's most of his legs can cope with the number of games so now that the fact he's actually playing I'm hoping maybe the homesickness maybe disappear because he's now going to feel part of the squad yeah. I mean although you're with the squad but if you're I mean, if you're got a rehabilitation I mean it's months and months away probably on your own um, psychologically you're, you're in a country with probably no family I don't I mean not if you got a partner or anything like that but that would must be really hard for a young boy, like we said, he's only what twenty one, twenty two. So I mean that's that's a tough mental challenge he's got, which is probably why there was a the talk of going to Torino. But I, I feel now that maybe being he's now playing, he's now with the squad day in, day out, he's more accepted, he'll probably feel not loved, but he'll he'll feel part he'll feel part of the team. And yeah. Rogers I, I dare say Rogers my management is 
top notch and he's kind of sat him down and said, look, this is what, this is what I want you to do. We've now sh- you're now shown what you and Eric can do together and I'm happy with that. So fingers crossed that would work out well. And, and it's going well, like you said, but I mean, that's what, there was no, it was clean sheets all the way through the cup. It turns out it's actually clean sheets for the both cups, for Gordon anyway, because the Gordon the last time League Cup, which I don't know if it must have been the year before last. Yeah, the one we won it. The one we won it. So that was like two, 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 two campaigns of no goals at all. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing, though. You're making good points in that we, <clears throat> you know we were very quick sometimes to just see them not as human beings but as footballers. They are footballers, um, and you know Simirovic, I'm sure struggled, but as you say, hopefully now he sees the opportunity to play at a high level in European football, whether it is the Europa League or whether it is um, the Champions League, play at a high level consistently. And in a settled team, hopefully, because looking at the team, there are only maybe, you'd like to pad out the squad a bit, but there aren't that many positions that you would say were in dire need, were in absolute, absolute need to get one or two quality players in. But we're not in dire need of, you know, a total uh, squad reformation. So that, I hate that word, reformation. Um, but, um, but the point is, uh, Simunovic and Sviachenko, um, they're looking good. Um, and I think that if they stick together, we've got the basis of potentially one of the best centre-back pairings we've ever I had. Think one, I, think Modern the, era. I think the biggest development he's done for the two of them is coming out with the ball. Yeah. Coming out of defence with the ball and picking a good pass. That's where they're kind of, their downfall is just now. Defensively, as like winning the headers, winning the tackles, positioning for the ball to stop it going past. You also, you also, done, you also done it for the first goal, did he not? Aye, but he lost the ball first. Aye, he did lose the ball. He lost the he ball. passed it right to the Aberdeen. And player. then he, he got in with the challenge, and the challenge, he beat challenge with challenge, great. and the, the ball went out wide. But he'd literally came out first and just it was a, a passed an Aberdeen player. It was a very poor pass. So, And you, you see that at times with two of them sometimes, they... they but it might not be their fault. I mean, if there's not enough movement up front and there's not an easier pass on, then you don't want to do an over-elaborate pass, as most times they try and do, and lose the ball. You'd rather want an easier pass, but you need help from your strikers and your, yeah. your attacking players to kind of make the space. But, I mean, I pointed that out to you yesterday. I'm sure you saw it yourself anyway, but the, the amount of time I said, you know, if we had a really, really top-quality ball playing centre-half who could see and pick a pass, Simunovic and Svechenko got so much time on the ball, not just yesterday, but... Even against even in the Barcelona game, they get so much time on the ball, and it was a lot of the time a pass back, a pass to the side. If they could just see that killer pass, or even if you know maybe Brown drops in a certain way to make it, I don't know space. Point is, the the fact is we don't have ball playing centre halves the way. Yeah, but she would maybe complete it in a different. The the one thing I, I don't know about you, but the one thing I want is just a solid pair of central defenders who can defend very very well and I feel as if it's been a long time since it's probably just because of how things are now in modern football everybody wants a ball playing centre half and all that great but I want ones that are actually good at defending first and foremost and they'll get they are getting better but have have they really been tested a hell of a lot. Not the best one. Not really. We've not considered you look, you in 13 at, hours. I know, I know, but... Uh, and, uh, yeah, Champions step, League. Different step, story. It's a big step up, but ultimately that's what we're aiming to. We want to have defenders who can defend in the Champions League. If you want to make an impact in the Champions League, yeah. we need players, defenders that can do that. It's, it was a tough table this year, granted. It's the toughest. It, and it, and it was, it's the toughest in the We've entire. seen ourselves. Some of those goals for all the games could have been defending better. And like you suggested as well with Aberdeen, 
we feel ourselves so susceptible to set pieces. That's the big problem we've yep. got. Defend. It's okay when teams are coming on to us, we can defend very well that way. But when it comes to actual set pieces, that's where we're struggling. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why such big guys, I mean, Sviachenko isn't necessarily the tallest, but he's a big guy, and Simunovic has got a good run on him. We still just get caught. You know, Do you know who's probably, when it comes to set pieces, do you know who's probably one of the best defenders? Dembele at times. Dem- the amount of times he can Excellent. actually clear balls out from the set Excellent. pieces, yeah, whether it be yeah, clears yeah. from his foot or his head, yeah. he seems to do a lot better than our actual two set and a halves. I absolutely 100% agree. Um, Armstrong, um, if he'd scored at the end, would have made it a lot more, um, you know, reflective of what the game was. Uh, how how do you find him? Still hate him? No, I don't, never have. Ah, look at his ratty face. Ah, you do. You hate him. Listen, I hope I hope he enjoys uh, the next month because <laughs> he'll be out the team as soon as, as soon as James McCarthy signs <laughs> goodbye. Dirty, dirty <laughs> bastard. Um, Kieran's uh, uh, crisps of choice are squares. If um, Walker's can, want to send us some, can I just make a shout out for mine? Um, I've got uh, Royster's. You're T-bone, making T-bone steak. Yeah, right. But you're making out like it's a local project. Can I just get a shout out for? Um, <laughs> well, no, it's important, isn't it? Royster's. I mean, we're, we've kind of became the Chris podcast this week. Yeah, we're, but we're, uh, the 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 best um, is yet to come. McCoy's Thai sweet chicken. Um, these are the daddy. Yeah, Chris. You know, in terms of Thai sweet chicken, I always go McCoy's. Please, oh, please. Oh. Uh, See, that, he's Mexican. made a mistake of getting Mexican chilli, which is there's a way. What I love about McCoy's is they're a, a, a varying range, and they're a terrific product. Please sponsor us and send us big packs of it. DM me for details. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I'm, I'm you know Armstrong um, is is a ma- someone who's a massive fan of him. I genuinely, you know, that way when you have a favorite player, maybe it's not, maybe you don't think this because you always pick good players. See, when you have a player that you really really like and he's on the ball. I like I get really nervous when Armstrong's got the ball because in my head I'm like make a good pass, make a good pass, make it, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. Because as soon as Armstrong makes a mistake, everyone's like looking at me like, eh, what do you think of that, eh? Or every, every time That's Lustig, often as well. every time Lustig makes a mistake, which is never. Um, if that was to happen, if Lustig was to make a mistake, which it's never happened, um, people would look at me. Um, but Armstrong, I, 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 he lost the ball like two or three times again yesterday. Won it back two of the three times, but the third time he, he didn't, and he lost it in a really dangerous area, and that's where Madison got the free kick, where Brown, I think it was a Brown, fouled him. Um, I want to get to Aberdeen in a second, but and a joke and stuff, but Lustig is having a really good season. Oh, aye. Um, you know, people people criticise Lustig in terms of, oh, look, he, he, he's, he, he's not as fat, he's not really fast, and, you know, he uses his intelligence. Against Barcelona, he didn't look out of place. He had Neymar in his back pocket, frankly, dominated Neymar. Um, who was a prick, but we'll get to that. Do you know, know the the thing is as well, that team yesterday only had one new signing in Dembele in it, and everybody else was there from last season. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers, maybe it's taken him to buy some players, but he's bought, what, four other players, and none of them are getting in the team. Gordon's keeping De Vries out, yeah. So Gordon has, has raised his game. Gamboa can't get in the team because Lustig is number one right back. And, and uh, this year, I, I think this season, he's proved that it, there is no chance Gamboa is getting in ahead of him. Yeah. Um, Cole Toury, fair enough, has had his injuries and was never going to play every game anyway. But Yozo has stepped up from being someone who who, who was injured and, and was almost like a, a forgotten almost man. Like a new yep. Um, 
I mean, Dembele is really the only one who has really come in and absolutely... Sinclair as well, Sinclair as well. But, you know, some players have have had to have the competition, the real competition of someone else coming in to really get the best out of them. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. I mean, someone made the cut. I can't even remember who it was, and I would give them credit if, 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 I, if I remembered who it was. But someone put on Twitter yesterday, or actually I think it was after the Barcelona game, that um, the best signing... Brendan Rodgers has made has been De Vries because it's made Gordon have that competition behind him it's helped made him cultivate a different type of game and it's you know we went 13 hours without conceding a goal at home um, uh, domestically so the best signing is competition which is what you just said Louis and I, I agree with it in a lot of ways uh, Brown was phenomenal it's just flawless Ah, definitely and as you can see that with him he's actually for me now I think he's now taken baton role He's actually now the one where he sits in front of the back four and tries to dictate the play a little bit because you always see how he's he's a lot more deeper than Armstrong. So Armstrong's kind of technically taking Brown's role from maybe two or three years back when it was Brown and Bitton and Bitton was a hold on, Brown was the one that kind of got forward. Brown's obviously getting on a bit, so he's now just kind of starting to step back. I don't like. I'm not comparing it with Stephen Gerrard, but it's kind of similar. Where as age went on, their their experience and their intelligence is up more. That Rude they can would be one. Okay. <laughs> Looking at me like, okay. <laughs> but he's, so he's the one that's now keeping Bitton out of the team, which is the right decision because whenever you see Bitton come on, he's not, he's not performing enough to kind of push Rodgers to have a bit of a dilemma of choosing him over Armstrong or Brown. Do you, do you find, um, I know you did a little bit, Kieran, and we'll get to it, but I want to ask you, um, Louis, when he decided to bring on near Bitton, um, went 3-0, um, I think it was 3-0 when we brought on Bitton, um, did it frustrate you that he didn't bring on Griffiths quick sooner and really try to go for more goals, or does that did that bother you at all? Uh, no, it, it didn't really bother me too much. I, I would have liked to have seen Griffiths on sooner, yes, but at the same time, I can understand why he brought brought him on just to absolutely make sure of it. You know, um, I mean, Aberdeen had a had a small spell, maybe ten minutes in the second half, where they looked as if they were getting themselves together but I mean they were never they were never going to turn that game around yeah. but bringing on Beaton I suppose just absolutely kind of guarantees it because of the fact that he is so defensively minded I mean as far as you're saying that Brown is, is like Beaton's position it probably is because I don't think he, he couldn't have Beaton he couldn't have the both of them Playing in that role and 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 the kind of in the same team now because I think they're too far, they're too defensive they're too they're too far back you know Brown's thriving in that role so he has to stay there but could you imagine Beaton alongside him yeah Beaton doesn't look like he has a clue when he goes further up the pitch whereas Armstrong is the type where Armstrong's more versatile he can really do both but I he mean can do kind of do both jobs this is what I've mentioned this a few times over the last couple of weeks and. Um, you know, I am a massive Armstrong fan, but the thing I'm, I like most about Armstrong is his attitude. Um, when Bitton comes on, there is a certain level, even when he's coming on and having a good game, there's a still, still a certain level of slowed down, lackadaisical play, whereas Armstrong's always available. He's always um, looking to actually bring a certain amount of energy to it. We saw that in the, you know, when he first kind of came back 
kind of replaced the, the old Armstrong, if you will, and the, the old firm game when he came on and he really showed a, an energy that really helped Celtic push up the pitch and, you know, really moving forward. Um, is Bitton out? Bitton's out the door, right? January? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in January because you, you bring in... You bring in one more central midfielder, which it looks as if we're likely to do. He's not even got a place on the bench. Yeah, you're happy. I mean, with Ar- you're happy with Armstrong padding out the squad. I, th- I think I think Armstrong is a squad player. I absolutely. I think he's a decent, a good squad. Yes, player. I, I, a better squad player than probably Beaton. Yeah, you know. So I think Armstrong. If we, if we, who know, who knows if it will, it will actually happen? But if we sign someone like James McCarthy or, or someone, you've got it. In your I've head. got it in my head, right? If we sign <laughs> him or someone of, of that kind of level of quality, you can't sign them and they don't go straight into your team. It's like Sinclair and and, and Dembele; they're going straight in that team. So. You put him in, then Brown is going nowhere. There's no possible way. That it, it, it's whoever is going to play with Brown, that's who we're signing. Yeah, exactly. That, that player goes in, Armstrong then finds himself on the bench, and the pecking order continues, Beaton is out of it. Yeah. The, 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 there's he, he may stick around to summer because he's got a, a better chance of getting a better move, but you would imagine his agent, and I think his agent has screwed that boy over. I think that agent has totally... Screwed him up his head. because he 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 was definitely told you are the dog's bollocks you are the main man at that club and he believed his own hype and he, I I think he you know he thought he was going to get a move last summer and then it ended up no happening to and be, and, and now he his stock has just plummeted no one no one down in England really is going to sign him. I no think, Premier League team. Uh, I don't think. Championship maybe. I think. I, I think he might get a Premier League move. Um, I also think if you look at the fact that um, the Belgian boy, um, oh, what do you call him? Dafour? Is it Burnley? When Dafour is a, an exceptionally talented young player, who not young player, exceptionally talented player, who two, no, not two, four years ago was almost on the verge of going to Manchester United. High, st- still in the Belgian squad. And he's at Burnley, um, which completely takes away the point I was going to make. <laughs> um, but no, I think he might get a move. It might be a <clears throat> a loan move for six months to just get him off the off the, the the budget in terms of you know wages because Premier League teams are more likely to to thingy, which would again we'll we'll get to what's going to happen. I don't I don't, ne- I don't necessarily think that Celtic will be like throwing him out the door. I, I don't think that's the case. I think his, I think his, his agent, I him and his agent will go. We need to go out of here. Yeah, the fact is, when he's sent away from international duty because he's not doing what the coach tells him to do, like actively coming out saying he's not going to play a specific way, it's just not great. Scott Cameron at Scotty Boy Seven. Can we confirm? I love the way he's how he set, set out this question that the Hamden Hoodoo has been put to rest, and was that the easiest cup final ever, Kieran? Um, I'd like to think he's been put to rest. Yep. Um, however, I, I, the hoodoo was more of a semi-final than it was a final. I'm trying to think. Fi- last final I remember losing was against Rangers. Um, I can't. In extra time, I think with Jelovic scoring. Um, I think that's the last final. It was, anyway, it was always semi-finals. Was still a Hamden hoodoo though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I was quite confident that Rodgers with his man management skills 
and qualities would have got that out of them. I think I, I felt kind of like I felt we would have won the, before the game. I felt we would have won the game. It would be very tight. I thought it would be very competitive, but I just felt that we have that edge now because we've seen it in some of the displays we've had where they've been quite tight and we've not played very well, but we've still managed to get a winner. We've still managed to win the game. I mean, the only, the only domestic the only game we've dropped points is Inverness and we were, we're about to cross into December. Yeah. So we are doing, we've been quite dominant domestically. So with that, what what's happened over the last few months, I did have a slight thing. I was like, do you know what? I think we will do well. I think Rogers seems to really know what he's doing um, and he seems to get it across to the players and the players are taking it on board. Um, so I, I do feel that... But the who do could come back? I mean, we could lose another semi-final next... Uh, uh, um, that's, that's, this que- that's that question from last week about who would you pick, isn't it? She just didn't you just say can't, I, I find it hard. You just can never tell. <laughs> I'm but I, yeah, but I do feel the hoodoo's. And I, yes, it was absolutely one of the easiest finals. We're going to lose at Hampton again. It doesn't mean there's a, the hoodoo's going to come back. We did have a have a rut there that just nothing would work for us. I think, hey, it's over. It's finished. Done. Put, Done. Put to bed. Uh, thoughts on uh, Aberdeen, Louis? Did anyone? get pass marks I thought Madison was quite tidy when he got into the kind of final third when he was given a little bit of space I thought he found space in a way that Rogic found space I just don't think he had Robertson Forrest he had Hayes and McLean I'll sum up to sum up Aberdeen's performance overall would have been when Johnny Hayes who I think is a cracking player ran the ball out of uh, play when he was right at the penalty when he was in the penalty area and he runs the ball to play that summed up Aberdeen's whole game um, but was there anyone, anyone, anything stand out? Is there any positives that Aberdeen can take from it, or should Aberdeen, Aberdeen um, get rid of McInnes and bring someone else in because McInnes has taken Aberdeen as far as he can go? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think, um, I think McInnes, to be fair to him, has done a great job with Aberdeen when you consider what Aberdeen were when he took them over. Yeah. And he's 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 made them the absence of that other Glasgow team. Uh, he has made them the second best team in the country. So I think you need to give him credit for that. And he's got some he's got some good players in there. Players that would get into would you know, would get into any other team in Scotland, Bar Celtic. Yeah. Um obviously. He's got good players there. Yesterday, though, they bottled it and they did not turn up. The likes of Rooney, Hayes. Um, I thought Rooney was dreadful. Oh, awful. But, I mean, Madison, yes, he, lo- he did look tidy. But, I mean, he, he needed more people to have a yeah. good game. Uh, for, See the for ball him to really the ball he put produce. through for Rooney, where Rooney just stopped because he just doesn't have the pace. Yeah. I mean, Madison's clearly a talented player. I don't. I, I'm not quite at the hype level that people are putting on him yeah. quite yet, but he's clearly a, a very talented player with a ball at his feet. I mean, he's away in January anyway, so that's pretty much... Yeah, but, I mean... You can, hey, you want to go back to Roberts? Madison, much more effective in the game, you would say, and he was on the losing team. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I, I still think Aberdeen have, have, have got a good thing going. I, I think they just need... It, it was strange, they seemed to lack confidence yesterday. And usually that's the one thing that you would think that they would have, that McInnes would, would give them that. But yesterday they just they didn't look as if they believed that they could beat Celtic. 
um, and, and they didn't raise their game. And I think this has highlighted uh, Brian Murray at Murray Boy. What the fuck were Aberdeen playing at when Celtic were doing the huddle? Most embarrassing thing I've seen in a long while. It was a bit lame. Yeah, because I don't I understand that, right? So you're, stand, you're standing in a line, you're looking to intimidate, but our players have got their backs to them in the huddle with their heads facing each other. No, they, can't, they can't see what's going on behind no, them. No, no, it wasn't that. I think it was more of, we're not being, we're not intimidated yeah. by you. It was like a hack that, that thing, type of thing. It was kind of pathetic. I mean, I actually thought it was quite a good idea, but um, <laughs> aye, pretty, pretty, pretty pathetic when you don't turn up <laughs> for the 90 minutes. But um, If they'd won, everyone would be saying I, it was because they stood I, up to absolutely, the huddle. I think enough, one thing, we didn't really say pass marks, but what it's maybe game plan was the two centre halves because they kind of kept Dembele at the game I didn't feel Dembele was in the game enough for I mean he, at times he had to drop to get the ball but anything the ball was kind of played to his feet he wasn't able to turn them and run at them or anything there was, he was never really passing the centre half very much at times he was coming out wide he was coming dropping deep so I don't it was possibly the fact that they two kind of they, they kind of marked him quite well at the game However, they didn't mark everybody else who was kind of running through them like Rodgers and Forrest. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but, but then... No, no, but it's just, just the one, know, just know, the part that they kept them barely quiet, I feel... But then that's the thing. Do you not think that to to a certain extent and, and Celtic were guilty of this when, when they went to Barcelona in that you look at the other team and you think we've got so many things we need to, to stop from happening. I mean, they must look at us and go, we've got to stop Dembele. We've got to stop Roberts. We've got to stop Forrest. You, and then you've got Rogic in the middle, and you start thinking too much about how to stop the other team from playing the their best. You, you forget play. to play the game yourself. That's a, that's and, a good point. And that's the thing that Celtic in the Champions League, I think we made the mistake of doing in, in the Barcelona game, and then we rectified it after with the Man City game where we went at them and we thought, "Fuck that! We need to we need to play our game and take it to them." Maybe that's maybe that's what Aberdeen done wrong, and it'd be interesting to see the next time we play them if if they have a different different attitude yeah um h paul o'donnell at h paul o'donnell on twitter um he's got a quite an interesting he'd like your take on this um if real madrid came to celtic in january and offered six million quid for mr dembele but told us we can guarantee to have him for the next three seasons would you would you what would your thoughts be so we would definitely have him for three years for another three seasons Mm, no because if he stayed with us for three seasons and we developed, it could be worth three times that. Well, that's the point, yeah. though. We're basically playing. No, this is this is Paul's question. Um, no, I, I, would, I would refuse that, especially at six million. Yeah. Keon's got a look of disgust on his face, Paul. I'm going to be honest with you. Louis? Uh, oh, there's some bargaining. No. I can see a little bit of bargaining. <laughs> having, having him six guarantee- million. Six million would be too, too small. Okay, 12 million. 12, double what tw- Paul's saying. 12 million, but have him guaranteed for three years. Yes. Aye, take it. It's what. It's what more. What's most important to you? Is it the money or is the it player? The, the player for three years. You get. You have him in your your team for three years. You've got a good chance of doing something and getting through it the next round of the Champions League. You take the money. You're back to square one of getting the right player again. Good. Good question, Paul. I like that. I like that type of question, which which brings us nicely into Dembele's. Uh, Performance over the last couple of weeks. Um, I thought he was very uh, against Kilmarnock. I thought he was quite lackadaisical, and I'm not. I'm not going to get at Dembele because he's he's been excellent. But um, against Kilmarnock, you guys were there. I mean, and we discussed it. I thought he was quite ineffective. I thought he was quite ineffective yesterday in terms of when he got the ball. He wasn't maybe bringing people into play the way he has been. 
Um, and then the Barcelona game, which is now what we're going to cover and just kind of look back on and maybe have a wee overview of, of what's happened in the last couple of weeks with the Champions League. Um, the Barcelona game, that... I know I'm, I know I'm pounding, but I, I want to pound. That header at 1-0. Um, frustrating. Um, but that was part of an overall frustrating night for Celtic. Uh, Barcelona again. Who am I going to come to first? Any, many, many more. You're both smile. He's not. He's angry. He's got a thumbs yeah, up. Go to me first. Okay, you, <laughs> Louis. There will. Uh, not the worst. Not the worst. I, I I thought we actually played quite well. Certainly first half. I, I thought we played well. Um, kind of similar to Man City. We tr- we we tried to get at them. We we won the ball a few times high up the pitch. Um, and we looked as if we could unsettle them by doing that, and and it it showed you that the plan can work, and it, and it, and it is, it's the way to go if you can sustain it for long enough, and you can do it effectively. It's it's definitely the way to go, um, but ultimately, the difference in quality showed, and I mean certainly the first goal was frustrating because we left a massive big U shape in the middle of our box that Lionel Messi just basically walked into, and then I mean the the, the finish is unreal considering it's on it, it bounces and and you know there's hardly any space between the post and the keeper, yeah, and and he scores from that. But it's not so much that 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 bit of genius you can't. You can't do anything about that, but you can do something about the massive big gap that he walked into. That I don't think any one individual was to blame. I think just as a collective, we we didn't see that, and there was maybe a wee bit of ball watching going on, and that 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 can be coached out, I'm sure. But um, first, uh, when the second goal went in, it killed it, and I thought we just we just went. Oh, this is it. That's us. Game over. Done. Game over. And 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 he definitely won that penalty. As a Gary put himself in a stupid position, I, but Suarez absolutely bossed him. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I'll be honest. I thought I think it was pretty intelligent from Suarez using Azagiri's bad positioning against him. But yeah. Azagiri was all over him. Yeah, do you know what I mean. And as much as Suarez does. You know, people would say he cheated, and you know he, he did. If 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 the shoes another foot and then barely does it, you go, oh okay, fair enough. I'm not yeah. I'm not necessarily as frustrated with that penalty as I would would have been if it was you know, just a, a blatant dive. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people will disagree with. And if you do disagree, um, suck it. Uh, with the Barcelona game, Kieran, do you think it was an opportunity missed? I do, and I'll tell you why. Because we had. I don't feel that Barcelona were anywhere at the races. No, against no, they've even admitted that as well. They said, like Mascarano come out and says we could have run up a couple of gears and scored a lot more goals." Yeah, um, Do, so. and then that's obviously that's a very very frustrating point from our point of view. They were so lackadaisical and at the back specifically, the Celtic pressed pretty well. You know, there's a couple of times where it just. Just didn't kind of come off, and these are the the fine lines in European football, especially the Champions League. Uh, McGregor starting was uh, kind of out of the blue, considering how well James Forrest has played. James Forrest, I thought he was excellent against Kilmarnock, and and in terms of how bad Celtic were um, against Kilmarnock, James Forrest was one of the shining lights. 
why did he start McGregor, Kieran? I can only assume he started McGregor because McGregor at times can give him more of a defensive cover. But that's a bit unfair in Flores because I've seen Flores defend coming back and helping out as well defensively. So, whereas and with Forrest gives us more of a kind of a better option going forward. Especially, I mean, even the, even the fact they played in the right wing, it's like that's. I mean, he, he played Forrest in most of the Champions League games at times. So, I was I was confused, and, and, and even McGregor's performance against Kamark didn't really want him to stay in. So, I, I can only assume he was basically worried with. A Neymar down against Lustig and thought he would need better defensive cover with McGregor. Um, but from what I remember, I think McGregor really offered too much kind of defensive cover. I, I don't think um, he did. I also think that the opportunity he had where uh, the free kick was played to him, the, 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 the throwing was straight into. I said this to you yesterday. See if that's Patrick Roberts. Um, I'm not saying he's scoring. What I'm saying is I think he makes more use of the ball. The pathetic little... And listen, you know, a lot of people have got on McGregor. We want McGregor to be successful. We want Scott, young Scottish players to be successful as much as everyone, as, as much as much anyone. But see if you're just not good enough. And it, it's kind of obvious. Um, I mean, McGregor came on the League Cup final and I said, watch this. First thing he did was lose the ball. You know, McGregor, McGregor is a good player. He's a he's, he's a decent player, but I just don't think he's good enough for Celtic. Um, and that's what I found, found frustrating. Because I, I, I thought when Forrest came on, he did well. He did well when he came on against Barcelona. So almost to deny him the opportunity to play against Barcelona, I thought was was a poor decision from Brendan Rodgers. But what are you going to do? Um, I, I think the other thing as well with the Barcelona game was quite a surprise was the, the level of possession we had. I, mean, I think it was up at 40%, which... Uh, must be not first, but quite unusual for a team against thirty-nine percent. A team against Barcelona to have such a fair bit of possession, but that's maybe slightly how we. That's maybe a, a way of why Barcelona didn't play to the higher gears because maybe we actually had a bit more of an um, influence in the game, or a bit we can we combated against them a little bit more than what we did usually. Um, def- I mean, like you said, defensively, I mean, any pressure on their defense and their keeper, and they do panic. That Ter Stegen, sometimes with his kick in the ball, was pretty rotten Yeah, at times. And that was sometimes under a wee bit of pressure, sometimes under very no little pressure. pressure. Though, yeah. um, which was a bit of a surprise. But, um, I, I mean, listen, we knew we were going to get beat. Um, I'm just glad that we had a bit, we had a bit of a performance this time. Um, had a couple of chances as well, which we could have taken. Probably the belly's header. Taken. The belly's header. They should have put it the other side. Should have done any side. Any side. should have just... Put it in the other side. It would have been done. The the biggest um, positive I'll take from it is Celtic had an eighty six percent passing accuracy, um, which if you consider them were playing playing against Barcelona, um, I think it's a massive improvement on what we've seen you over know, the last couple of years. We need uh, that. Well, that's it. We need to be realistic yeah. and think. You know, last year we we were. F- and hopeless, couldn't even get in the Champions League. We get there and suddenly the ex- expectation goes up. But let's face it, we're six months into Brendan Rodgers as our manager and we're a bit gutted that we ended up no taking something from a Barcelona game. Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we've got a, a young team. There's quite a lot of young players in that team still. Of course, players yeah. like McGregor who, fair enough, as we've said before, he's maybe good enough domestically, but not good enough for Europe. At the same time, though, he has he does have limited experience, as quite a lot of the team do in terms of European football. We need to keep 
the majority, like, I, I would say everybody who has played or been on the bench this season will be staying, obviously. Bit on? Beat on, okay, is an exception, but right. I think that's more because of him rather than the club. club yeah. Um, but if we can keep the kind of nucleus of that team while adding in a couple of extra bits of quality, another year down the line when when we've not got the learning, so much of a learning period like we have had for the last six months, this team could be even better, and we would hope so, but like significantly better next year if we manage to get to the Champions League. Yeah. You know, we used to always think with Dyla, one more season, he'll get it next we're building, year. Hi, we're, you building. Know, we're building, we're building. It was a false dawn every time. Yeah. This time, we are building. <coughs> and I think that's, you know, you, you make a good point. I mean, if you look at Sinclair and Dembele, Sinclair's only had, what, one game in Europe before he came to Celtic. Dembele's had none. Rogic is... <coughs> Very rarely played in Europe, European football, the odd, the odd sub-appearance. Uh, Brown's obviously experienced. Armstrong, very little. Simunovic, very little, even for his previous clubs. Fiachenko, very little. Lustig's got the experience. Izagiri has experience as well. Um, or fucking up. Nah, I'm not joking. Nah. As, he, as he's playing well again, and we, we do give him credit. And Gordon's only European experiences came at Celtic. Um, and I'm, I'm obviously played qualifiers for Hearts, but never actually kind of group yeah. stage stuff. So I, I agree. I mean, on the bench as well, you get Gamboa, you got Liam Henderson, um, Doris De Vries, guys who've just got no young guys and guys who are a bit older who have little to no experience. Actually, funny question. Funny, not a funny question. Uh, we've got a question about that young chap. Um, well, the first question, Donald Graham asks at the Nerd Dawn. Um, who should go out on loan in January? And I'm going to link this into um, a question from Westmuir Tim. Uh, will Henderson go to Hibs in January? So, what do you think about that? Um, Henderson came on, made a nice wee cameo in Munchen Gladbach, did very well, kept the ball well. Um, what do you think about that? Um, well, on loan? I'm just asking, do you, do you think he will go on loan or do you think Celtic will just cut their losses? Because he's in most squads. I think he's... I, I, I don't know. I think that's a difficult one. I think that's... Again, the player... I, I think after playing so well and so consistently for Hibs last year, he must be frustrated. I mean, he wants to play for Celtic, but he must be frustrated. And I think... I think, yeah, if you're signing another midfielder, I, I, if I was Brendan Rodgers, I would try and get him out on loan for, for the last six months. W- would you or would you just tell him that his time's up? I don't know. I, I think there's enough with Henderson that... I, I think there's enough potential there that Brendan Rodgers will feel as if he can coach him into being a better player. I think there's some players that he feels that he can't coach into being a better player, so they're the ones that have to move on. But if he goes on loan, how's Rodgers isn't going to develop him or coach him? But, he, may, as well. but then he's, he, he maybe thinks that his time will come next year when he's got you know pre-season but, then but he should still, go out and get some get Armstrong and, and McGregor if he's not ousting I mean at times we see McGregor some of his performances if he's not ousting McGregor and like you say if another quality midfielder comes in if Bitton doesn't go then he's languishing quite far back in the pecking order I mean if Henderson hasn't forced his way through now and that's him with a year's yeah. loan at Hibs he's just going to go back to Hibs just to get game time he's not really going to go back to can I develop further, I don't think. Um, I, I think it's a bit unfortunate. It might be a case where it's a case of he is let go. I think so. um, 
you know, McGregor's 23. McGregor's 23 and McGregor's played 88 games professionally at 23. Liam, for all clubs, for all clubs. Liam Henderson has played 62 at 20 for all clubs. So, and that includes a spell at Rosenberg and Hibs. So, Liam Henderson has only played 20 less games than McGregor, who's three years his senior. If I was to choose between either of them, listen, I'm not going to shit on Callum Callum McGregor. He's clearly, as as I was talking to Dermot about it, Callum McGregor has attributes. He has good attributes. I just don't think Callum McGregor's good enough for Celtic. Is Liam Henderson good enough for Celtic? We don't know yet. Um... And until you give them a run in the side, you'll never know. The issue is, as you mentioned, Louis, we probably are... The rumour is, obviously, over the weekend about McCarthy and trying to get McCarthy in. Um, if we did get McCarthy in, as Kieran says, McGregor drops to the bench, Henderson drops out the squad, what's the point? You can't coach a guy who's not going to play. Well, you can coach a guy who's not going to play, but if he's not going to play, what's the point? Um, and then putting him out on loan, is he going to learn anything more at Hibs? I don't think he will. He's played 32 games for Hibs. He's got a League Cup, League, win, league Winners medal with Rosenberg. He knows he knows his role. He's clearly. probably better going down south for a wee loan spell. And, and, I mean, he's already been abroad, so he's experienced a foreign country in, in Norway. He's been to another Scottish team where he was there for a year and he's he was quite influential in their performances. So he's got that kind of feeling of he knows what's involved in a game. I think he might have to go. I mean, McGregor did that. He went down south to North County, County, yeah, and he got he gained himself a lot of experience there, which seemed to have helped him because when he came back, he, it kind of showed because he was performing very yeah. well, and he's taken over training. So maybe Henderson needs to do that as well and go down south and experience the, the, the English football, which everybody seems to see as the league to go to. Speaking of uh, down south, players getting experience down south. What? Scott Allen's got to come back. Who? Exactly. Oh, exactly. He's, he's, he's up the road. Up the road. Up the road. Up the road and out the door. Um, but you know, so with them, um, with your, I man, don't want. I, please just don't sell him. I, I just don't want him to go. I, I want Liam Henderson to be the Celtic captain. Listen, here's here, here's the point, and I go with it as well. Celtic fans, I specifically, <coughs> kind of fetches, fetches, uh, fetches. Oh my god. What? Fetish, fetishize. What? That's not even. That's that not fantasize. Like, no, 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 no. Fetishize. Um, the num- <laughs> He's making up words. No, fetishize is a word. <laughs> no, the way you're saying it. Aye, it's not the way I'm saying it. <laughs> Celtic fans pure like um, the idea of um, a number eight or a number ten being Glaswegian or Scottish. Because we want another Paul McStay. That's literally what we want. We've got one in Scott Brown just now, but Scott Brown's probably only got maybe three more seasons in him, um, if that, frankly, with how his body is. So we do want that. So I think you, Louis, and me, and and everyone, all the cynics, and probably most of the Celtic fans, love the idea of Liam Henderson because he is tidy on the ball. He's, so he's, tidy. he's got a great pass. Um, he always... He, he, he's got everything you kind of want from it. Unfortunately he might just not get an opportunity. And there's no point in him stagnating. If you go on... He's been out on loan twice. No, he's been out on loan... No, right, look, I'm, and I'm going to no. break your heart here. Look, see, see Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney broke into the team. Dominated and, the shit out of it. Right, absolutely. absolutely. Correct, correct, right? 
if Henderson was good enough, he would have ousted Armstrong. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you know what I mean? Kieran's got a happy wee smile again but then, with me. And, right, okay. and, he, and he would have, you know that. Because but see, Armstrong, Armstrong, he, Armstrong's great, and I love Armstrong, Armstrong. But Armstrong's position, Armstrong's position is there for the taking. Unless Armstrong becomes more, con- unless Armstrong stops giving the ball away consistently, which he does, and it frustrates the hell out of me, and I'm one of his biggest fans. Armstrong's position is probably the only one in those three that really is up for um, questioning in terms of uh, if someone comes in and does a better job. No one's going to come in and do a better job than Roderick at that position. No one's going to come in and do a better job than Scott Brown. Someone could potentially come in and do a better job than Armstrong. That uh, Liam Henderson should have done a Tierney by now. Because he's been out on loan twice. But it's, been out it's very been... difficult to do a tierney in the middle of the park. I agree, I agree. That's not going to happen. But, but as as we've said, the, the what is what is the defining um, word that we use to describe Liam Henderson? Tidy. He never gives the ball away. Well, you know, we've, we've, not, we've seen a limited amount of him, but we've seen enough to know how tidy he is in position. Armstrong isn't. Armstrong isn't tidy in possession. Armstrong consistently gives the ball away. So if you get someone, and I know it's different types of players because Armstrong's very full energy and he's bursting forward and all that, but you could let, you know, you could, basically, point is, he he should have done a Tierney by now if he was good enough. And see the hurt in your eyes? I know it's because you agree with it. Do you know what? Do you know what? No. Keep (laughs) him, right? Keep him. Let him go out and loan. Do a deal. Do a deal where he goes to Hibs, <laughs> right? He goes to Hibs for three years, for right? Six, for six million quid, <laughs> and we have an option to buy him back. And he comes home when Scott Brown retires, and he dominates. He gets that armband and dominates. Uh, funnily enough, just we've had a tweet in from at Lewis underscore Celt from Lewis James McCarthy thoughts. Well, it's the the Twitter box has gone mental tonight about James McCarthy coming. Right, so let's. So there's some there's can, some activity. Right, so we're not going to confirm or deny it, but just in terms of bringing. No, fuck it. Let's just come out of it. He's coming. Let's <laughs> just. This is where you heard it first. Jesus. Um, Go for it. Yeah. Our sources. Exclu- we can exclusively reveal. Yeah. Um, no, but let's just say. Let's not say whether. Bowed's part of the negotiations. Basically, we're selling Bowed for six million pounds, <laughs> yeah. and James McCarthy's coming to part of the squad. No podcast uh kieran james mccarthy as a player do you think he would be the missing link yes i think he would um, jesus don't say no <laughs> no I, I just don't i just don't know how realistic it's going to be because if we take him on loan for six months we need to take him on loan for six months with a view to buying yeah now he's still regarded as a, as a quality player down south so there's no way we're going to get him for less than six, five or six million. He's going to probably still demand double, double figures. He went to Everton for 15. Um, so he might be still higher. Like they said, they've said he's close to £70,000 a week at Everton. They've already come out and said that Everton would need to pay the majority of that if we take him on loan. Right. Now, there could be other... I mean, there is other English teams kind of keeping an interest. A lot of them could offer the same amount of money for Everton. So why would Everton want to send him up here? And still pay half his wages or so, or even more, when they could go to another club down south with them and not have to pay anything. Maybe the fact of they would be directly competition against them if they went to another Premier League team. Maybe that's one thing that put them off. Yeah, um, I, I think I think the, the the point of view, I 
from what I've seen, and I, you know, when we were linked with him in the summer, I spoke to, I went on a couple of Everton forums because I was trying to do some research, and I spoke to a couple of Everton fans on Twitter. Uh, they are not. They've they've said that it, he's not as highly regarded with the Everton fans. Certainly, they don't. They they are not going to be unhappy if he leaves. Yeah. I don't necessarily think his when when it was when he was being linked with us, and he was linked without going going on loan. It was Stoke and Sunderland who were the other two sort of guys who were. Two guys, other two teams that were linked with us. Um, I think if James, I, I'm not saying we could sign James McCarthy um, on a full time, full time contract. That then makes me question what's the fucking point. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. would take yeah, it yeah, six months loan. I mean, because what do we need them for next year? Yeah, and obviously we're, yeah. we're we're dominating, so we don't really, we need somebody to come in to then to prepare us for a crack at Champions League the year after. So we're probably maybe better going for. Somebody who's of quality, who's maybe struggling at a team just now, will form. Like Sinclair. Like Sinclair. Like, that's exactly what happened to him. Yeah. Somebody that Rogers can then man-manage and coach and get the, the best of them back out of them again and help us with the Champions League. So basically, yeah, you're looking for someone who's broken that we can fix or someone who's young that we can develop. That's pretty much what our thing is. Can I just pose a question, if that's all right? Sure. Um, Celtic sign McCarthy permanently. Right? Yes. Say it happens. Where does McCarthy rank in that team? It, is he, does, if he, we sign him, does he become, does he, is he bigger than Sinclair? Is he bigger than Dembele? Or is he just a, on, on, on a par with those players? Because you, you would have to say right now, our biggest, our, our best player, our best player would be who? Dembele? I think I think our most. Um, I I probably say our best player, our highest quality player. Are you talking about um, how they're regarded, or as an on the pitch best player? On pitch best player. Who is our best player? Sinclair. Because Dembele. Which player has the most quality right now? Ah, Sinclair. Sinclair, I think probably Sinclair. Sinclair, Dembele, one and two. Actually, no, no, I disagree. I think it's probably Scott Brown. I think probably on basis of form and how okay. he's playing, I think Scott Brown is the best player for Celtic. I never thought I'd be saying that at this point in so, the season, but I, I, no, I fair do. Enough, fair I enough. Do. Well, so, when he doesn't play, the team doesn't play. So where, well, exactly. so where does McCarthy, if he comes in? Because I'm, I'm asking you because I know you've, I, I know you yeah. high, hold him in high regard. I, I can't, sit, I can't sit here and claim to have seen a lot of him. Do you know what James McCarthy? Do you know what James McCarthy is? He's a more cultivated, technically gifted Stuart Armstrong. I think. I, th- I think he has the potential to really. He's got the potential not only for a good defensive play, but he's got the potential to f- pick a pass. I-, I think. I think if you if you look at if, if Brown takes a step and is playing in that sort of um, just in front of the defence, Rogic is playing right behind the front two or the front one. James McCarthy is that central yes. midfielder. Box to box. He's the central. Yeah, as Kieran says, box to box. He's, he's probably a better Ledley. He's probably got more qualities. He's techni- He's better technically more gifted. More technically gifted than he is Ledley, but he's still got that kind of same drive of box to box. Wants to get in. Uh, well, we don't know how we don't know how the injuries affected him because he, he's been out for quite a while. Um, he played two games this season. Yeah, so it depends. It depends on a couple of things, and it's the same thing I said about Sinclair. It depends on his hunger, which I think he would have. I think um, he's desperate to come here, is he not? I, mean, I think he's... Where... And here's the other question. We were also asked another question uh, from Melbourne Boy. Uh, would you take Snodgrass? Frankly, if Celtic could get Snodgrass, I think it would be the best signing we... 
potentially the best signing we've ever made since. You said Larson. I said Larson yesterday, and I'll tell you why. Because I think Snodgrass would. I'm not even not. Larson's probably the best player that's ever played for Celtic in our era, no doubt. Right. So take Larson out of the picture. I I don't think we. Let me. Let me. I think Nakamura. I think he'd be very similar to Nakamura. I think he'd be better than Nakamura. Because I think he's 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 a lot. Nakamura did lack the physicality. Snodgrass is hard as anything. He's he's tough. If he can avoid injuries, which I know he's had them in the past, but if we could if we could potentially sign Snodgrass and McCarthy, you are looking at being okay. This if, if Celtic signed Snodgrass and McCarthy, you I can't I don't have a superlative to say how excited I would be because it would be frankly. Two 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 players I've rated highly for a very long time. Snodgrass probably is the less likely because he's still he's Hull's top scorer now. He's been excellent for them when he's been injured. Uh, I'm sure they'd be interested. Uh, there'd be interest in someone. And that coming in would be the, the comparatives would be for what O'Neill had when he had um, Larson. I'm sorry, no, Sutton, Sutton, Hartson, and, and Lennon. Yeah, exactly. Those three. Exactly. That would be, that'd be the, when they paid big money for them. This would be almost kind of paying big money for for Rogers, and it'd be kind of the same kind of similarities to the two teams. Yeah, agreed. I, I think I think it would be nothing short of sensational if we signed Snodgrass and McCarthy. I can't see, to be honest, in all honesty, I can't see either of them <coughs> happening. Um, I know McCar- I know they're both massive Celtic fans. They're both Glaswegians. I think that's what we're all hanging on. I think that's what us as, as fans are kind of hanging. I would I would say on. I would say though a guy like Snodgrass, uh, even McCarthy as well. Not played in Europe. Not played in Europe. And I don't th- necessarily think... Look at that English league. There's not... Hull or and Everton potentially, but he's not going to get in the Everton team. He's going to go to Stoke, right? Stoke aren't qualifying for Europe unless they have some FA Cup run. And even still, they'll be out in the bloody qualifiers the way that... How little they take interest in it. I think those two guys look at the champions, sit down on a Champions League Wednesday or a Tuesday and th- watch Celtic or whoever and just think... God, I'd love just to crack at it. McCarthy's at the perfect age. Oh, they're both 20, 28, I think. I think. No, McCarthy's 26. No, Snodgrass is 28, 29, I think. I think Snodgrass is 28. I think the big factor of... The bigger factor of getting Snodgrass for that reason would be the fact of he's out of contract in the summer. So it's now a, it's now a pre-contract in January or it's a small fee if yeah. Hull want anything. So that might be a better bargain for us to get him where we don't yeah, have to really pay a fee. Offers, but... But then, like you said, you could we could maybe up his wage a bit more, but guarantee Champions League. So he could come for us for a year or two, have a wee shot at the Champions League. Yeah, Snodgrass has just turned twenty nine. Where does so. he play in the Celtic team if he comes? Uh, he plays Forest. He, he play in the white, the right. He, he, he could play wide, but he could also be. He would probably don't say it. No. Don't don't he does, say he it. He plays a lot in the wing. Whenever I've ever play, seen him, he plays out wide. He plays on the wing because that's how they set up, right? But. Snodgrass is the number ten. He was a number ten for oh, Leeds. He was a number ten when Hull were in the Premier and in, in the the Championship. Snodgrass is the number ten, and that's listen, you've just sold Liam Henderson. You're no papping out Roger at all. Snodgrass isn't coming at all. Oh Jesus, you guys need to take a step back. Um, but put it this way, Snodgrass, you could play him in the Champions League, and he would now be puff puffing after bloody ten minutes. Aye, probably about twenty. Aye, uh, Kieran, are you heading off? You going to get the bus? Um, the glorious, uh, back to the glorious, um, where do you live again? Hamden? Beside Hamden? In a house. In a house beside Hamden. Uh, great stuff. Um, do we have any other questions? Let me just see. Um, 
Nah, we don't. We don't really have it. What are you thinking, Louis? Do you want to keep talking, or should we wrap it up? I think we should wrap it up, right? One minute twenty-eight. I'll put a really long song on, and I'll make it one minute and thirty. Uh, Motherwell game. We are playing Motherwell on. We actually before I want to ask. Sorry, you've not got a mic in front of you. Right? Yeah, Motherwell was a week in Friday. Who are we playing at the weekend then? I don't even. No, Motherwell's the next game. Motherwell on Saturday. You absolute bellend. Um, in terms of. Robbie Nielsen has, at this point, been allowed to speak to MK Dons. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I think he would be mental to go down there. Um, he should stay. and he, I think he should stay and continue what, he, what he's started at, at Hearts. And I think it would be a bad move for him. You uh, don't get time. You don't get time. What's, what is the... What's the point? He's at a good club who are progressing, they're building their new stand. There's a lot of exciting things happening with Hearts. They've got a good young team. Goodbye, listeners. It <laughs> <laughs> was weird. So did you switch it off? Nah, that's fine, I'll switch off. Oh, Bye, Kieran. Kieran, see you later. See you later. Safe journey. Um, Hearts are fourth in the league. Uh, they are three points off of uh, Rangers in second. They play Rangers this weekend, they play, not this weekend, this week. They play Rangers on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Um, potentially a massive game. If they win that game at Tynecastle, they could they would they would be joint second. Um, is it an indictment of where Scottish football is that a club like um, MK Dons are um, after uh, uh, Robbie Nielsen? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that, that they're showing an interest in him. I mean, he's he, he has done really well at, at Hearts. And, you know, I, I think we you see Alan Stubbs get get cherry-picked for, for doing a good job at, at Hibs, although... He didn't uh, really do a good I, job. I, I know, but like, he won... I'm not, he, I'm not, yeah. he, he did win that. He, he did win the Cup, and he, he did have them playing some good football. But obviously... Clubs down in England do take notice of, of managers up here. Um, yeah. And obviously there's been a number of Scottish managers that have went down to England. Um, Robbie Nielsen is probably the... You had you had them for Celtic at one point. I, 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 I'm a big fan of Robbie Nielsen. Whether, I mean, if he keeps progressing at one point sometime in the future, who knows? But, I mean... Things are going really well for them at Hearts, and, and they've kind of tailed off a wee bit. Although they've got some, they have got some really exciting players. I thought it was quite interesting. And Budge said the other day that uh, anything less than third in the league would be a big, almost a failure. Pretty yeah. much is, is what the way she put it. Um, I mean, that means Aberdeen, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts. They they do not. <laughs> expect to, to be losing out to say Rangers in, in the league. Yeah. Um which shows the kind of ambition of the place. But I thought I'm not surprised that MK Dons are looking at him, but I would be really surprised if he went. Um I it looks like he's going to MK Dons are nineteenth in League One. So we're not even talking about we're not even talk, talking about our best and brightest being poached by championship teams anymore. We're talking about League One, you know. At least it's, it's it's funny in a lot of ways that Alan Stubbs was a championship manager in Scotland and went to the championship in England, whereas um, Robbie Nielsen is a Premiership manager in Scotland yeah. and a, a League One team yeah, are looking at him. I think maybe Alan Stubbs's reputation in terms of him as a player did more than Robbie Nielsen's. Yeah. Um, 
it's disappointing. I, I wouldn't like to see him go. I, I, we've mentioned uh, in the past about how he's very much a student of the game, um, massive Italian football fan, and someone who really looked to cultivate the Italian sort of style. Do you think that Hearts fans have got illusions of grandeur at this point? Um, because a lot of them are unhappy and are happy to see him go. Um, yeah, you've kind of got to be careful what you wish for. I mean, yeah. how, how you... I, mean, I don't know if, if Hearts fans have, have someone you know lined up in their in their heads. They might have a former player or or someone who they they want to step into his shoes. But there are, there are some young there are some kind of young managers, Scottish managers that are quite exciting. But right now, who would be the the, the top of it right now? It's, it's kind of hard to say. But for a long time, it would have been Paul Hartley. But Paul Hartley's Dundee have been so poor this season. They've started getting a couple of wins, but. He's kind of fell fell at the wayside. I think you've named. Robbie, his, I think you've named a replacement. Yeah, I, I think I think one hundred percent it would be Paul Hartley. But see, the, th- the thing is, Hearts and Hearts. I think just the way they have ran things off the pitch since they went down has been absolutely spot on. Yeah. Everything that is happening in that club is first class. And a lot of it is to do with that Anne Budge. I think she the way she has ran that club has been an absolute credit to them. Yeah. And why think, you would why you would want to leave that club, I don't know. I think a lot of that is to do with the fact she's not necessarily a football person. No. She may be a fan, but she's not a football person. So she's running it like a business. Um but Running it like a business with certain lets in terms of you know bringing players in and actually mm. working within a budget, um, and that's obviously something that I know we think about. You know, we're not going to talk about Rangers, but with all the stuff that's happened, just they're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> they are, and it's just if you just look how Hearts, the fans saved the club, the fans then helped to uh, invest in it. And uh, look where they are now, um, and and they've got a young team. I think Suter's starting to really show his class. Um, they've got the the young guy up front as well, the the American boy, Norwegian international. Yes, um, who scored at the weekend and looks really really good. So I mean, it's I agree with you. I hope he doesn't leave. I'd like to see him, you know, kind of get his teeth into the Scottish game and uh, basically go from there. Just sorry, I was just going to say, I think it's the difference between I think Aberdeen and Hearts is still a big, big jump. And that's the difficult thing. That's what Robbie Nielsen's, I'm sure, you know, forget Celtic, forget challenging for the league. He has to try and get his team on a par with the likes of Aberdeen. Now, you might say, individual-wise, there's there's some really exciting players for Hearts, but Aberdeen, are, are they're not idiots. I mean, that, that team can grind out results, they can be consistent, they might not, you know, they, they might not have had the greatest start this year, but Aberdeen are your second best team in the country. Oh, with Absol- Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's whether a Hearts can make that jump, because they, they want to make the jump next. You've got Rangers who are back in the league, they're going to want to to make that leap. But, I mean, I watched uh, about 45 minutes of their game against Partick Thistle, and that Rangers team are a bang average SPL team. They yeah. are a mid-table team for me. Yeah. They are not got the individual talent that Hearts do, and they're nowhere near Aberdeen in terms of looking like a, a, a kind of dogged team that can that can last the yeah. pace. I mean, you, you, you made the point very well that, you know, Aberdeen, those players would get into every single team out with Celtic, the Aberdeen yeah. squad, and I think that's that's true and uh, you know a kind of fair point. Um, just looking at the um, 
as as we move into the the December because we, we should we, we should wrap up, but um, everything's going really well. Yeah, and we've had one question. We had a question where uh, let me just get this. This is a bit of a fun question. Um, oh, actually, we've got another question from a uh, Jason two four two Jazz. Um, do you think James Forrest's hair is now performing better than Armstrong's hair? Who's hair? James Forrest's hair. James. It's, it's been excellent. I actually seen it yesterday. There's been there's been big improvements. Um, a shout out to Mikael's Lustig's um, hipster post punk hair yesterday. Yes. It was a sort of joy did, division sort of. Did you see him after top. after the game? That he, man was pumped. Oh, he fucking loves it. So he does, and and that's the point. Um, and and do you know the thing that I, I think this deserves to be recognised? Lustig went into the crowd to get a Sweden flag. He didn't bump that flag. He traded that flag. Yes. Took off his top and he said, I'm taking this from you, friend. I'm going to give you something to take home. And you know, that's that's the point because in the olden days, Vikings would have just taken it, but he's a cultivated... Yeah, he's he's a man of the people. A man of the people. Um, final question. Are you con- uh, concerned about the lack of beards in the squad? We're beardless. There's someone I think we should bring back. You know I know who I'm going to say. I actually you? saw you tweeted him. I put it in the WhatsApp, <laughs> did I not? I don't know. I don't I don't, no, no. <laughs> I think we're thinking of different people. No, no, no. I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about Joe. But you tweeted I Joe. Did, you I, actually tweeted re- Joe. Recently, I've been tweeting players and hope. That <laughs> after Kieran Tierney followed you, I yeah. thought there must be some hope for me somewhere. No. Um, Joe Ledley d- d- didn't even like it. And um <laughs> You like it. I just wanted a like oh, and uh, and and Yozo didn't want to go for a pint. Oh. But um no, it's not any of those. Who is it? Joe Ingerberget. Bring him home. Bring him home. Hipster. Oh Beard. sensational. Fantastic. Uh, and on that bombshell, uh, we are the 90 Minute Cynic. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic. Uh, please give us a follow. That's where we highlight all of the links to uh, the podcast. The website is 90minutecynic.com. Check us out on speakerspeaker.com slash 90 Minute Cynic. Um, <coughs> we are available via iTunes. If you can search for us via iTunes at 90 Minute Cynic, um, subscribe to us and then also uh, leave a comment positive would be good. Um, uh, on Facebook, if that's your thing, facebook.com slash 90 Minute, 90 minute Cynic. You can get all of these links via our Twitter, which is where we're most active, at 90 Minute Cynic. Give us a follow, and we might even follow you back. Who knows? Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, Kieran. Um, <laughs> Liam McCaffrey, the owl. The, ho- the house the o- house owl's favourite. Jesus. No, it's getting worse. It is getting um, worse. I, I've been pretty good, I you have thanks uh, I'm the Galatron on Twitter I'm Chris Gallagher we are the 90 Minute Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road